Welcome to Pop Culture Federation. Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. And I am legally obligated to tell you my name is Ron. Thank uh, On today's episode is the final installment of our Spider-Man series. In the first two episodes, we talked about the Raimi Spider-Verse, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Verse, and then now we're going, Marvel's coming home, coming Spider-Man's home. coming home. I'm coming home, tell the world I they really should have used that in the marketing campaign. Oh, I think they really should have. They really missed the ball. Yeah, on that. That's a that was a good call, Mike. Well, that's why they called the movie Homecoming because he was coming home. But he should like whoa. W- WWE like <laughs> used that like crazy for WrestleMania 29 when they went back to New York or New Jersey rather. I always think about. That song, when that song is played, I always think of Carmelo Anthony because he used the Knicks used that intro song for his first game to being traded to the Knicks. I have no idea why I remember that. That is such a <laughs> random memory, but like, I just find it so funny that like, oh my God, we got Melo, we're gonna win the title, <laughs> and nothing happened. You know who doesn't play basketball? Spider Man. We don't know that. Oh no, he does in Amazing in Amazing Spider Man. Yeah. Like, how can you even say that? Do you even know the character? Oh, like? yeah, he does. He dunks on Flash. He also yeah. hates drugs. That's something I found very Which, by the way, <laughs> I'm watching the the HBO series The Leftovers, and the guy who plays Flash, Flash Thompson in The Amazing Spider-Man is in the movie. Also, he's not... Sorry, he's in the series. He's not that great of an actor, just like in the movie. But still, <laughs> it's fun to see. <laughs> well, at least he's consistent. Yeah. So Matt, you know who, why don't you tell us? You know who else is consistent? Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man originating in nineteen sixty three in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. Wow. Following that the popularity in later in nineteen sixty three, Spider Man released in Amazing Spider Man number one. In order to promote the issue, Marvel released and had the cover art featuring the Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family that appeared earlier. The year prior. It may sound like he's reading off a script, but that was just off the top of his head. <laughs> yes, it was. It was all ad-libbed. I just know that for a fact. <laughs> I need help. If I could just do this with financial stocks and bonds, I would be rich. <laughs> Alright. So, um... Spider-Man. 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 So, uh, we have talked about the MCU Spider-Man before in our inaugural series of our podcast channel. Uh, so You can go back and listen to wherever you listen to your podcast now. Uh, so, we're just going to kind of skim through the first two MCU movies, just to kind of, because we already talked about it more in depth, so if you want to hear us talk about that, Feel free to go ahead and listen to those. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Catches thieves just like guys. Look out. Here comes the Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming uh, came out in 2017, and it was the first Marvel uh, Marvel film 
that Marvel Studios was able to help co-make with Sony. It was after the Sony leaks that we talked about it that they kind of decided to make a deal with Marvel Studios to kind of have them work together and basically have Sony make a lot of money on this cash cow that was Marvel movies. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, fun fact, do you guys know... So, every, okay. so, everybody knows that Tom Holland was the guy who they inevitably casted to be Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. But... Um, I know that we talked about it in the other two episodes. So the people who were also going to be potentially Spider-Man in this these movies, uh, Nat Wolf, who is known for being in the Naked Brothers Band, the Nickelodeon television show. Really, <laughs> really. Um, As Asa Butterfield, who was oh Asa Butterfield, oh, yeah, okay, the boy who was the boy in striped pajamas. Um. Tom Holland. The striped pajamas. <laughs> the boy in striped pajamas. Uh, <laughs> you make that sound so spooky. <laughs> I was trying to go for the SNL guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the boy in the striped pajamas. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, I think is his name. Chalamet. Yes, he was in Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird. Um, I actually think he would also do a really good job as Peter Parker. And also Liam James, who's most famous role according to wikipedia was 2012 they were all under consideration uh to be spider-man uh until tom holland inevitably won uh the role so spider-man homecoming it was directed by john watts produced by our future friend of the show kevin feige and amy pascal with a screenplay by a bunch of people but jonathan goldstein get the first credit uh, the budget of this film was $175 million. The, oh, bo the box office, however, was $880.2 million. God damn! Yeah, that's a lot of money. Uh, the cast, like I said, Tom Holland is Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Michael Keaton is the Vulture. Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Marissa Tomei as May Parker. Okay, we're not going to acknowledge her. Uh, John Favreau what? is happy. Gwen... What do you want me to say that already hasn't been said about Maypar, about Marissa Tomei, the Oscar-winning actress? I was waiting for Mike to go, all right, the hot Aunt May, because we did And it. girl of my dreams. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper, Zendaya as MJ, or Michelle, uh, Donald Glover making a cameo appearance as Aaron Davis, and Jacob Batalone as Ned. Uh, so the story picks up with Peter Parker already making his appearance in Civil War. This is coming after the week, uh, the events of Civil War, uh, and him trying to adjust to being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man when he is trying to be an Avenger. Uh, at the same time, it, uh, Vulture, who has uh, Chitauri weapons, uh, is being a black market arms dealer. And all of that, uh, he's trying to make the the perfect heist. Well, he gets to the point where he gets to the perfect heist, again, trying to steal all the stuff from the Avengers Tower. Spider-Man stops him. Um, there's a pretty big twist, and um, it's a good movie. <laughs> B-plus for me. <laughs> Whatever I gave it previously is what I will stand. I think I gave it like a B, B-plus, something like that. 
I don't remember what I gave it, but I'm giving it an A. Yeah. Oh my god. Ooh, why are you giving it an A, Mike? I just think it was really well done. It had a great story. It was very well-rounded. Uh, Michael Keaton played a perfect villain, and you sort of, kind of feel sympathy for him a little bit. The scene that really struck to me the most with him was when he was in the car with Peter after he mm. took them to prom and he had the gun in his hand and he had to talk with Peter but the way that he carried that was you saw touches of a father talking to somebody who is you know the daughter's significant other somebody who might take away his baby girl and then you also saw touches of a supervillain talking to his nemesis so he Michael Keaton did a very well-rounded blend of both. And I think that scene really capitalized on that. Just the and just the absolute moment when he figures it out in the car. It's such a subtle acting job from him, but he but Michael Keaton does it so well. Like it that whole that whole scene is one of the best acted moments in MCU. Uh I also think that this spider-man slash vulture is like one of the more balanced fights in the mcu because it kind of shows that like superman or wow superman spider-man wow. oh my wow. god <laughs> that spider-man like he isn't as he's not ready to fight any of these like alien or god beings like he could barely take out a guy when with a wingsuit and i think that um, I think Homecoming does a really good job of showing that. It does. It it does very much so, and it shows that very much that Spider Man is a kid, mm. and he is not an adult, which the other two movies failed to capture. Even though, and like I said it before, Tobey Maguire, great Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield, great Spider Man, but they were both adults. If you had them play older Peter, like post-college Spider-Man, even college-age Spider-Man, I think you would have gotten a different sense of it, but they didn't capture that like kid essence that Tom Holland did and that this movie did because he very much captures the essence of what Spider-Man is. He's a kid that he's going, going, growing up through like, you know, the peak teenage years, hormones raging, changing. He's, um dealing with like kid problems on top of trying to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. And the other two movies failed to capture that. And I think this one did it very, very well, even though the first one showed him graduating. So I don't know if that one really counts, but did he graduate? What's the second? Amazing Spider-Man. No, he, gra he graduated. But didn't he graduate in the first one? I don't think they, I don't remember them showing him graduate. But I know that in the second Spider-Man movie, he was already in college. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but this one shows him as what he's what originally Stanley had envisioned him as somebody that the kids can relate to, not an adult, not somebody with experience, not somebody who's been at war, seen combat, or rich billionaire, playboy, not a god, not a mad scientist, just a kid. Michael Keaton. Isn't this Loki-type villain? He's not Thanos. He's just a guy who's trying to make money for his family. 
do his thing and he just so happened to have found these weapons right but he doesn't he doesn't like have a become like jesus moment where he just i mean yes he's a super super villain but he's not like op right you know what i mean like if, if you put him toe-to-toe against um any of thor's villains or if you put him toe-to-toe against like abomination or even thanos or uh dormammu or or any of the people from doctor strange or if you put him up against um somebody anybody from the kree like he's gonna get his ass kicked yeah exactly so he's and i this movie really brought spider-man back down to earth where he belongs mm-hmm. yeah. this movie was definitely spider-man's homecoming definitely watch the scene with michael keaton and peter or michael keaton and tom holland in the car at prom i because that really like captures why that's probably i think the best written scene in this movie and the best not moment i mean maybe moment in this in the movie like as a whole in terms of cinema um but it's definitely definitely work of art Mm -hmm. how he acted that how they both acted that yes highly recommend this i think it's one of the better um marvel movies out of all of them moving on shall we gentlemen uh, so, Far From Home, the second installment of the Spider-Man franchise in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, it came out in 2019. It was the first Marvel film to come out after Endgame, right? Correct. Uh, even though... The only one to come after it, right? Well, now that the global pandemic has happened, <clears throat> and we haven't gotten Black Widow, so, yeah. I... I was reading into uh, the marketing for... Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this after. Okay. So, Far From Home, 2019. Uh, it was directed again by John Watts, produced again by our future friend of the show, Kevin Feige, and, Evan, and Amy Pascal, written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. So, the budget for this movie, $160 million. But the box office is 1.132 billion with a b dollars. Uh this movie is Sony's highest grossing film worldwide, surpassing Skyfall as their uh number one movie. Uh it did not win the Teen Choice Awards for Best Kiss though, and I'm very upset about that. Oh my god, what did? <laughs> I don't remember. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> how can you how can you just say a stat like that and not finish it off? I want our fans to research it. Uh, so, uh, recurring characters: Tom Holland as Peter Parker, Marissa Tomei as May, John Favreau as Happy, uh, Jacob Bolaton as Ned, uh, Zendaya as MJ. Uh, but with this movie, we get Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Jake, but most importantly, we get uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio. so uh the plot for this movie there's a bunch of elementals running around and maria hill and uh nick fury are trying to stop it but they find this dude who's mysterio who's from another universe which he's setting up the multiverse and he's trying to stop these people from destroying the 
from the destroying this earth because he destroyed the other earth from Mysterio's universe. Uh, meanwhile, Peter Parker is just trying to get some R and R after being turned to dust, and with the other <laughs> half of the world being turned to dust. Uh, so he goes to Europe to hang out with his bros, and shit happens, and Nick Fury is like, "I need you, son," and he's like, "Nah, I'm Peter Parker. I'm cool." And Nick Fury's like, no, you don't understand. I need you, son. And they end up redirecting his plans. And now he's hanging out with Nick Fury. And Mysterio's now a bad guy. And things happen. And cool movie visual effects. I gave it an A-. minus. I wasn't kidding when I said I wanted to speed through this. <laughs> I mean, if you had the Pac-Man's a bad guy to guy it then yes yeah. very much speed. <laughs> but yeah a minus great movie jk simmons was had an amazing cameo <laughs> oh way to spoil that why is it a, it's been out a year the movie the movie's been out for more than 13 days we can spoil whatever we want plus if you're listening to this podcast all right you've probably have already watched the movie we hope yes otherwise i'm sorry I, but i just i give, spoiled so many other marvel movies. i give this an a Okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Mike? It, it doesn't skip a beat. It like the first one. It is very well acted. The portrayal of Mysterio as the trope of the supposed good guy, but then he reveals his master plan and he's really a bad guy. They set up or supposedly set up the multiverse according to the commercials and then they at the end plot twist didn't so then you had like you said before the jk simmons scene at the end bringing him back because he's the best j jonas jameson that you could possibly get so why not just go for the best instead of trying to reinvent the wheel yep spoilers mike mysterio yeah well, you already you already did that so, uh, Mysterio was a great choice in villain, somebody that hasn't been done before. Much like Homecoming, they took a villain who they didn't do in the previous movies, which was a great idea. Because Spider-Man has a great rogues gallery that should really be utilized. He is the second best rogues gallery in all of comic books. I will agree, I agree. with that. Uh, he might even have the best. Ooh. Like... Uh, not the like if you if you're gonna say Batman, it is Batman, sure yes. it's Batman. Like you have the Joker as like the A plus. Yeah. But I think if you averaged out the grades of all of the villains, I think Spider Man might have a higher GPA than Batman. <laughs> I don't know, man. especially if you count the bell curve. Did we account for the bell curve? For every for, for every Joker, there is an Eggman. For our international fans um, who might not be familiar with the bell curve, a bell curve is what you get in college to pass. Because you don't pass on your skills and your grades, you pass because other people fail. C's in get, America. C's get degrees, baby! C's get degrees. <laughs> oh, that, that would be funnier if it wasn't so true. This movie also had very good humor. It was very funny. Mm. The scenes were well shot. It was... Going to Venice made sense. Going to like other countries made sense. And then having the, the the way Mysterio 
Quentin Beck just kind of sets it up for the future films. He kind of, sort of, lays the eggs for something that we're going to talk about later in the show of the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. As well as the after credit scenes in the first movie, also. So I think this movie, both Spider-Man movies, both home runs. Um, so they're two for two. But remember, the Raimis were two for two also. Good point, Mike. What about you, Ron? What did you think of this movie? I gave the movie a grade. And that grade is an A-. minus Because we can do minuses now. Yeah. Uh, fun. Fun for the whole family. Uh, I really like the thing, because when I saw it again and I saw the internet meme where it's like, hey, you can spot Jake Gyllenhaal when Spider-Man is being attacked for the first time. And then I spotted Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm like, oh, wow, it's real. And so, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was in the shadows the entire time. Um, yeah, I think it was just a good movie. I don't know how I feel about the thing at the end that it's like, you know, like the it was a scroll the entire time and not actually Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Yeah. Ah, but whatever. They're, you know, they're setting up different things. And now Nick Fury might be running sword, but well, whatever. Um yeah, I thought it was a really good film. I, I do have to say, though, like outside of the film, it was just it was really disturbing to find out that the actor who plays Ned in real life is bald. Yeah, I don't know if he has I, I don't know if he has alopecia or something he's like that. He's also kind of like but, super old. Yeah, wait, he's bald. Yeah, yeah man. it's it's a way I am horrible at spotting wigs. I am legitimately horrible at doing it, and I didn't realize he was wearing a wig until like I saw like one of those interviews online it was and I, like he didn't have hair and i was like oh i wonder what happened to that guy and then yeah he just doesn't have hair he's also in a rooster teeth seriously yeah. i think it was like murder oh. fest or blood fest or whatever it wasn't like huh. he but... is bald <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah also i find it really funny that in the modern age, basically since the year 2000, we have gotten three people playing Spider-Man, and two of the three have been foreign actors and not Americans. Fun fact, future friend of the show, Tom Holland, likes bad football clubs, soccer teams for those in the U.S. Uh, oh, well, good for him. Well, you like the Pats, don't you? So, okay, moving on. <laughs> He's... He's trying to bait me, Ron. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He told me in person. Yeah. Tom Holland told me. Yeah. That my shirt was hideous. Because it was. Because I had a Chelsea Football Club shirt. <laughs> multiple time Premier League champions. Former Champions League champions. Mm. Going to the Champions League this season. And he said, that's a hideous shirt. Because it is. And I responded in kind. And then he said, it should have been a Tottenham shirt. And I responded in kind, must be enjoying that empty trophy case, mate. We are. He says, those injuries are killing you this season. Because they were. So yes, the one time I met Tom Holland, we got into a, a soccer banter. It was quite lovely. Alright guys, so as long as we're done talking about... Uh, far bad soccer teams? Bad soccer teams. Uh, let's move on to... I will say is probably the best spider-man the spider-man the animated series was not a movie matthew 
That's why I said movie. That was a cartoon program. Movie. That was the best Spider-Man thing ever. It's the best movie, Michael, is what I was saying. Okay. Why so... are we talking like this? I don't know. Okay, so the best Spider-Man movie, by f- I wouldn't say by far, but the best Spider-Man movie, in my humble opinion, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Wow. Uh, it came out in 2018. It is also an animated movie. Uh, it was directed by, oh man, I should have looked up his last name. <laughs> wow, that's Bob... a last name. <laughs> uh, directed by Bob Perichetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. Uh, produced by Avi Arid, Amy Pascal, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller. Uh, screenplay by Phil Moore, and story by Phil Lord. Uh, and it's based on the Spider-Man characters. Uh, the cast, it's actually a surprisingly awesome cast. <laughs> uh, Shemek Moore voices Miles Morales. Jake Johnson as Peter Parker. Porker. Porker. Uh, Peter. I'm just kidding. Is, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, I know, forget yeah, that yeah, there's yeah, an yeah. actual, there is, an actual yeah. Peter Parker. Sorry, Porker uh, in this one. Jake Johnson is Peter B. Parker. Uh, Chris Pine is Peter Parker. Uh, Haley Stanfield is Gwen Stacy. John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. There we go. <laughs> Nicholas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. Uh, Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock. Leave Shriver as Wilson Fisk. Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis, a.k.a. Paperboy. That's Academy War- That's Academy Award winner, Mahershala. I'll leave isn't, you. Isn't that future Blade also? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were yeah. going to say future friend of the show, and I personally would love to have him. Yeah, I don't know if we can just... We haven't been able to reach his booking ag- agent. It's been a whole thing. Yeah, no surprise. Oddly enough, Kevin Feige has never answered one of our calls. <laughs> and we call him every day. <laughs> uh, so the budget of It's a Spider-Verse was $90 million, and the box office... Animated movies are not cheap, <laughs> especially this one. Um, and the box office was $375.5 million, which was really surprising to me that it made that little money. Um, but anyway, so the plot of the film is Miles Morales. That's right, not Peter Parker. Uh, it starts off with Miles Morales starting off in his new private school. Uh, he is not be he is not integrating to that school very well uh he feels like an outcast uh it's very awkward because you know he's a teenager it's hard to fit in on your first day uh so he goes to his uncle aaron uh, who is able they're able to blow off some steam where uncle aaron takes him to this abandoned subway tunnel and he's able to and miles is able to um tag the a bunch of walls into these um really cool i can't spray paint art i can't think of it <laughs> spray <laughs> paint, paint art things <laughs> yeah um while he's tagging the wall he gets bitten by this mutant spider uh he freaks out he gets his spider he gets his spider powers and then um when he returns to the place to try and figure out what actually bit, 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 I cannot speak today. So after, when he returns to the station trying to figure out what 
was the thing that bit him and gave this all of these crazy powers like climbing on walls and being turning invisible and whatnot. Uh, he accidentally stumbles upon the super collider that was built by Kingpin uh, that was trying to that he's trying to do evil things. And while that super collider is going on, it's being able to access parallel universes and is kind of messing up the timelines of all of these places. Uh, so Peter Parker of Miles's timeline tries to stop him and he's able to disable the accelerator, but while doing so, Peter Parker dies. Um, and having, having Miles seen Peter's death, he wants to honor the legacy of Spider-Man and trying to be the next Spider-Man. Because, you know, hey, I got the same powers as this Spider-Man. Um, as Spider-Man also hands him this USB device, which is the thing, which is basically the kill switch to uh, Kingpin's device. Uh, upon going to, after Peter's funeral, he tries to honor his legacy and is it's having a hard time for him. People are thinking it's very low taste. So he goes to Peter's tombstone to try and figure it out and that's where he finds peter b parker uh spider-man from another dimension um uh basically a bunch of things happen there's a lot of other spider-mans that show up i'm doing a terrible job explaining it and i'm just gonna kind of pack it in right here uh, <laughs> uh he meets gwen stacy spider woman or gwen's spider gwen spider woman from another dimension i cannot i <laughs> fucking blowing this this is great no i love this keep going please so he meets spider gwen or spider woman from another dimension he meets a couple other ones including a talking pig and a guy who's permanently in black and white and with the help of the other spider-mans from the different universes miles is able to discover who he is as a teenager who he is as a man and who he is as a superhero and with the help of the other spider men and women He's able to stop Kingpin and get everyone back to uh, back to their own sp Spider Verses. There, and they all live I, happily ever after. I finished it. I'm so sorry, everyone. Your grade? So my grade for this is uh, an A plus. I think that, like I said earlier, I think this is the best Spider-Man movie, regardless of how I said it. I think this is the most entertaining Spider-Man movie. Uh, the way that each spider person is animated in their own style and the way that how so they have this they have this thing where at the beginning miles like kind of is like okay this is how it happened but as they are introducing all the other spider characters they're like well no this is how it actually happened and they kind of talk about like their own universe and how they became Spider-Man. Um, there's just so many of these details that are just so well done for a move like a Spider-Man movie. And to have a Spider-Man movie after at that time there were six Spider-Man movies. To tell an original Spider-Man tale was such a cool thing for them to do. Um, that and Miles Morales does not ever get enough love. And I think that this was the perfect homage for him in this one. So it's an A-plus for me. Mike, what about you? So when I first saw this, I actually didn't like it. 
and then I watched it again and had a complete change of opinion, similar to my take on Rogue One. The plot and the story are... Okay, so let me say what I didn't like first. The animation style. What? Part of it, like... Like, I wasn't a fan of how Kingpin looked. Um, I get what they were trying to do. And there was, like, a lot of Comic Sans elements going on there. And they were doing the... Um, they are trying to make everything, like, pop. I get it. Not a huge, huge fan of it, of that style. So that was, like, one of the things that turned me off of it the most. The plot, I think, is pretty good. It definitely takes another viewing to really grasp everything that's going on. Miles' character development, um, seeing his uncle and finding out that he's a villain, and then getting closer with his father is really good. And then becoming that hero and finding confidence in himself. Um, the other Peter Parkers and Spider-Men and women are and creatures because spider pig i guess but spider th- they really are characters in and of themselves they're not just a version of spider-man they are and they and the movie gives them the time of day so you can really see who they are and what they are and the best thing about this movie is the soundtrack oh absolutely it's soundtrack an incredible is on soundtrack. point so i give it an A. All right. Ron, what about you? <clears throat> unpopular opinion. I realize this is going to be very unpopular because of how much praise and how literally everyone says that this is like the greatest, not only Spider-Man movie, but possibly the best comic book movie ever made. I thought it was a B plus. I think it's good. I don't know. It just wasn't doing it for me, I guess. I mean, you know, obviously it did it to me, like, enough to the point that I gave it a B plus. Like, I still thought it was pretty good, but I, I I just didn't, and to be fair, I've only seen it once, and that was, like, the like the first week after it came out, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good, and then all of a sudden I started seeing everything online, like, this is the best thing ever made. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's true, but yeah, so I think that the movie is good, but I don't think it's, like oh my god, this is game-changing incredible. Like, I think the, um... I think the animation style is really good. And I think that the soundtrack is, like, good if you're, like, into that. But, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a B plus. I think it's funny that you said that, like, you've only seen it once, and, like, you thought that it was good, whereas, like, I bought it on Blu-ray on release. I bought it with the... I bought the art book for the film. Like, <laughs> I bought, like anything that i could do that had to do with media for it because i thought that it was like such an original movie i and that's why i like being able to see a comic book movie have such an original take on it it was so cool but it also did have the benefit of being an animated film which i don't think we i did mention it at the beginning but like it has the benefit of being able to you know like look more like a comic book than any of the other motion picture films. I think that's partially why I wasn't a fan at first too, is because I'm not huge in the animation movies, like anime movies, like cartoons. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a fan of CGI. I like hand-drawn cartoons mostly. That was my 
two cents on it, but it was it grew it grows on you and it's very good. It's very very well done. Number two is supposed to be really good. Um, I'll I'll say this: the first time I saw the Winter Soldier, I was basically where I was what where I was on this. I was like I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. And then after like my second viewing, when I sat down and watched it with friends again, I was like, oh, actually, I love this movie. So maybe it'll just. It's on my list of things to rewatch. It's been sitting in my Netflix Netflix queue for like months now, so I'll have to uh, I'll have to rewatch it. Maybe tomorrow, actually. It's what? a great treat, I will oh. say. It's a pretty quick movie too. It's, I think it's under two hours. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I'll have to rewatch it then. Did you guys know that this movie won Best Animated Feature, and while there was a Disney and Pixar film. That was also in contention. Yes. So it's the first movie to do that. It it was a big deal. It was the first movie since two thousand and six to beat a Disney and Pixar film. Ouch. Can you guys, since you guys had guessing aspects to it, can you guys guess the film, the last film to beat a Disney and Pixar film, for best Shrek animated 2. feature? Two thousand six. Shrek three. It was not a Shrek film. <laughs> It should have been, though. Um, Absolutely. My Neighbor Totoro. No. Ooh, that's another good one. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. If it was going to be anything, it probably would have been a Miyazaki film. Um, please don't tell me it was like Shark Tale or something like that. No. Princess Mononoke. You guys are kind of on the right track with um, with Shrek, though. Anyway. So it's DreamWorks. Yes, I think. Puss, Puss in Boots? Ratatouille? Ratatouille was, was Pixar. Pixar. I don't know. Matt, what, what was it? The movie was Happy Feet. Really? Really, really. So, yeah, I guess uh, after this film, I guess all we can talk about now, since there's no third Spider-Man MCU movie, is we all we can talk about is the future. Although, Mike. No. Yes, there is one more movie. I am just remembering that now. Uh, Mike, Mike has, every time we've talked about this, Mike has always been like, we got to talk about Venom, Venom, bring up Venom. To, so to quote Yoda, there is another. So I'm going to defer to Mike on this one for Venom. <laughs> so Morbius, the living vampire. What? <laughs> <laughs> In 2018, Venom, grace the big screen. Directed by Ruben Fleischer, produced by Avi Arid, Tom, Matt Talmack, Amy Pascal, screenplay by Jeff Pinkner, Scott Rosenberg, Kelly Marcel, starring Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Riz Ahmad, Scott Hayes, and Reed Scott. The movie had a budget of $116 million, or between $100 and $116 million, and the box office gross was $856.1 million. Holy crap. Unlike the other Spider-Man films who were the third highest grossing films of their year, Venom was the seventh highest grossing film of 2018. Do you want to take a shot of (laughs) what was one through six? Are you going to have us do one through six? Um, Of 2018? Well, obviously, number one is Avengers. Um, Yep. Avengers Infinity War. Uh, There has to be a Star Wars film. Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel was 2019. Oh, shit. Oh, Black Panther. Yep. What Star Wars? What Star Wars movie was twenty eight? I was I was just thinking, 
what's Star Wars? There, there was one that did not crack the top ten. I'm oh, guessing that, that was Solo? Solo then. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been the one Star Wars movie to not crack the top ten. The top five all grossed over a billion dollars. Holy crap! Um, was it 2018? Uh, what? Finding Dory? Is that too late? That was nope. 17? 16. Um, what what are they in relation to? Like, what franchise? Are they part of a franchise or? Happy Feet. Uh, Happy Feet two. actually, <laughs> three, three, four, five are all part of a franchise. Different ones. Six is by itself. Uh, eight is part of a franchise. Nine is a franchise, and so is ten. Which ones did we already name? Or which one? Let me put. Let me you got. It. You yeah, got one, two. Yeah. You got one and two, and Venom was seven. Um, one of the Fast and Furious movies, Fast Eight. Whatever nope. It was. N- nope. Really? Shrek three. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> two of them. Two of them are comic book movies. Three of them are superhero movies. And yeah, one of them. Let's try to get those first. Because I am so bad at this. Yeah. Was it? I'm a, lot, I'm a lot better at the at the older ones. Yeah, same. Um, was it fucking one of the um Fantastic Beast movies? That was number ten. Nice. Give up? Yes. Yeah. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom oh, was three. Shit, that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, by the way. Same. <laughs> uh, the Incredibles two. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Aquaman. Yes. Aquaman. Aquaman. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Then Venom. Mission Impossible Fallout. We are Venom. Deadpool two, and then Fantastic Beasts. So the plot of Venom, Tom Hardy, starring stars as Eddie Brock, is a reporter in San Francisco. Uh, a meteor, some uh, a some a probe crashes in Earth in Malaysia. The symbiote samples are escape. Uh, they infect people. They end up making their way over to San Francisco. Uh, lab tries to get them because they went and sent for them to try to manufacture them into making weapons and, and the like. Tom Hardy ends up with one of the symbiotes, becomes Venom. Then he has a fight with another Venom symbiote and wins. And at the end, there's a mid credit scene with a cameo by Woody Harrelson, who is playing incarcerated serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who, if you are a fan of the comics... Is Carnage. We are Venom. Next year, 2021, a sequel to Venom titled Venom Let There Be Carnage is set to be released in June 2021 in the United States. I'm sad that they're not calling it Maximum Carnage, which was the perfect name for a Slayer album in the late 90s. So, Venom received a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Average 4.43, with an average rating of 4.43. Metacritic score of 35 out of 100. And I don't think it got a letter grade. Oh, no, Cinema Score actually gave it a B plus. 
cinema score pretty much anything like under an a minus is like the film was not received very well by critics and fans it did make enough money to warrant a sequel i actually think the movie gets a lot of more crap than it deserves i don't think it was anywhere near as bad as people say i think tom hardy is a way better eddie brock than topher grace no offense, Topher, future friend of the show. Not I after think, that comment. <laughs> I think if this movie came out in 2003, it would have been the best thing since sliced bread. Because all the special effects are so 2003. The humor, the story, all 2003. It was a very 2003 movie. If you put your 2003 hat on when you watch it, it's fucking great. But if you put your 2018 and beyond hat on... It is not. One of the good things about this, though, is a gentleman by the name of Marshall Bruce Mathers III wrote a rap song titled Venom, which was made for this film. I give Venom a C+. I think it gets way too much flack for what it deserves. I think Venom is a lot better than it is lets on. I really do. I don't think Woody Harrelson is a perfect choice for Cletus Cassidy, especially when you see him with the red hair. But, you know, he's a great actor, so maybe he'll do a good job. Oh, should have been you. Should have been me. Um, Can I, Ron, let me go, because mine will be super quick. So I think this might be a first of pop culture fed history where we're reviewing a movie that one of us has not seen. I have not seen Venom. I don't plan on seeing Venom. (laughs) (laughs) So that's... (laughs) That's my review of Venom. Ron, you're up. <laughs> Venom and Aquaman are very much kind of in the same... To me, they're in, like, the same group of fun, bad movies. I think Aquaman is more on the side of good of the bad movies, but I think Venom Aquaman just, was great. But Venom is just so many legitimately cringeworthy moments. And Tom Hardy, as a person is just hard to understand. He is not very eloquent. He is, he's got, it sounds like he's trying to speak with a bunch of jawbreakers in his mouth. Constantly. And he's a fine actor, but it's just like, I don't know. The movie, it seemed at times, is working against itself. I know there are a lot of adamant defenders of this movie, and a lot of people, like, really like this movie, but I don't need to see Tom Hardy making out with Venom to get him back. He could just, he could just jump from Michelle Williams to Tom Hardy. They didn't need to have them kissing. Wait, <laughs> what? Spoilers. Um, oh no! How could you have said that? Um, yeah, I thought that they completely wasted their Riz Ahmed character, um, the villain, which I should say. Um, yeah, that movie was it was not great. Um, I think Woody Harrelson is a great actor. I don't know how he'll be as, Clay, uh, as Cletus Cassidy. I think that that's one of the worst. Way- Remember how I just brought up earlier how I have a hard time like telling when someone's wearing like a wig or like a like a toupee or something like that. It is extremely obvious that he is wearing <laughs> a wig in this. It's so bad. It's so horrifically bad. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm excited from. Um, let there be carnage. They really honestly should have called it maximum carnage. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, I think LJN owns that, right? Oh, okay. 
I'm just kidding. They don't. I don't know if they're still in business. Haha, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, um, I guess I'm excited for that. I don't friggin' know. Are you gonna see it? It's. I mean, I see every comic book movie, so yeah, eventually I'll see it. But, like... If we're allowed to go in theaters ever again. Yeah, whatever. Maybe it's a VOD thing. Um, Like Disney's Mulan. Yeah. Ooh. Coming to a home... Oh, that's... Oh. Near you for twenty nine ninety nine on top of your Disney Plus subscription. Yeah, but then you, guys... you own Mulan forever. You guys... No, you don't. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you guys are going to... Need... No, you don't. Yeah, you do. That's part of the thing, Mike. You, got... you own it? Yeah. Alright guys, so uh, before we wrap up today's show, I have a few superlative questions for everybody. Okay. Um, so guys, we talked about all of the Spider-Men uh, to appear on the big screen, and what are who is your favorite Spider-Man? That includes Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But like a combination of both. Like what what do you guys think? Who do you think played the best Spider-Man? I think it is Tom Holland. I think he is age appropriate and I think he's just really good at being Spider-Man and I think he just from the way that he acts like when he's Peter Parker and the way that he acts when he's Spider-Man, I think he just does a great job of everything. So yes, I think it's Tom Holland. I'm going to agree uh, with you, Ron. I think Tom Holland is the best out of the three. I think a the best Spider-Man is Tom Holland. But I think the best Peter Parker... I don't know, because Tom Holland plays a young Peter. But I think, like... Well, we'll have to see when Peter goes to like college and becomes an adult in the MCU... Because then I might say Tobey Maguire was the best Peter Parker. But Tobey Maguire was a damn good Peter Parker. Bro, you've already had like five movies featuring Tom Holland Spider-Man. Just make a decision. <laughs> no, it's Tom Holland. Tom Holland did. He really embraced that role. Kind of like how you, Hugh Jackman did with Wolverine. Huge Jackman. <laughs> yeah. And plus he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. So it's a really good thing that they got the casting right on that one. All right, next question. <laughs> uh, so, All right. out of the three franchises, who is your favorite couple? And that includes, like, so, like, Peter Parker, MJ, or Peter Parker and Gwen. Do you guys want me to start with this one? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so, this might be a little hot takey. I think the favorite couple is is uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Gwen Stacy. Mm. I think that the out of all three relationships, they have the best chemistry. Uh, they, I mean, they had a big advantage because, you know, they were actually dating while filming. <laughs> but um, to me, like, the three of them just seem, out of the three couples, they just seem the most believable to me anyway plus i don't think that in real life toby mcguire would ever get what kirsten does uh but yeah so that's my thing um i think hotter take um (laughs) the, the um 
I think the best, to me, the best chemistry and the they cut it off way too short uh, is definitely the Amazing Spider-Man couple of, you know, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. I think they, they both very good actors and they just had a lot of chemistry. Too bad that they friggin', you know, they had a shitty script to work with. But I still like the classic Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. I'm going with Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. All right. The Upside Down Rain Kiss. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> the Upside Down Rain Kiss. What suit is your favorite suit? Oh. The original. The Raimi suit. Okay. I Mine's also in the Raimi-verse, but mine's the black suit. Oh, the black suit was sick. Yeah. I love the black suit. I any black Spider-Man suit I really like, except the like metallic one that was in the animated series. That one was pretty dope too. <laughs> I was gonna say the Amazing Spider-Man suit and the Amazing Spider-Man two. I think that is the most comic accurate. I think it's just a great suit. Yeah, and then second to me would be the probably the Far From Home suit, the like main suit, not the Raggedy Ann outfit <laughs> uh-huh um yeah just because i think that one actually technically might be quote-unquote more comic accurate because of you know his eyes get to move and stuff yeah so, but yeah no i think uh i think it's the amazing spider-man 2 one if only the <laughs> if only the suit was as good as sorry if only the movie was as good as the suit <laughs> true and final question uh if there or is there a character that has not been in any of the movies so far you would want to be in a Spider-Man movie? So this is a very open question. <laughs> is there a character that you would want to eventually show up? My favorite Spider-Man villain has yet to appear. Who that? In a movie. And that is the Hobgoblin. Wow. Ooh. Played by, played by, I would cast Mark Hamill to play an old version of the Hobgoblin who just is batshit out of his mind, is on his, everything in his life sucks, he's just done, and he is just going out for chaos. So Mark Hamill. And, <laughs> and Mark Hamill portrays the craziness and he's got the voice because he's from the animated series and he could do it very very well and that's who i would cast as my hobgoblin that's a good call i always preferred hobgoblin over green goblin but you know it is what it is i didn't think of that one good call mike um my answer is kind of cheating because mike kind of took my answer so <laughs> i i don't want to say Every Spider-Man fan who's either read the comics or is a huge fan of the um, 90s television series always says Craven the Hunter because he's just got a great story. And I actually think Sony might be developing like a solo Craven the Hunter movie. Why they wouldn't just have it in a Spider-Man movie first, I don't know. But anyway. Great costume also. Yeah. Because you can make Craven an anti-hero. Yeah, no. Craven is... Craven is a great character that surprisingly it's 2020 and he still hasn't made it on screen at any point. But I think because of the Matt, the rule is that it hasn't been in a Spider-Man movie yet. 
I, I'm more talking about like the the motion picture ones. Okay. I would have to say the person I want to see most in it is Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Mm. Because Good I because the Kingpin, obviously, you know, hearkening back to the Spider Man animated series was like oh, and the into the Spider Verse Kingpin was Spider Man's like, you know, big villain. And I don't know if you guys have seen the Daredevil series, but D'Onofrio is an an incredible kingpin. Yes. So I would love to see D'Onofrio's Kingpin versus Holland's Spider-Man. I think it would be really good. Of course, it's never going to happen because the film division hates the TV division. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my pick. So, um, I didn't think about who to cast for these, but, uh, the, so, my, one of mine's a cop-out. I have two. So, I would love to have Miles Morales in the MCU. Um, he's not a villain. What? Oh my god. You said villain. Roasted. He's not a villain. I said character. Can't it be both? He can? Ooh, imagine he is a villain. <laughs> no, people would go nuts. That would never work. No, absolutely. Yeah. Alright. I did say character. I didn't say villain. It was kind of implied that it was a villain. We're gonna act like you did, though. Yeah, okay. Alright, well, uh... <laughs> Then my other one would be Black Cat, just because I, God damn it, I want a love triangle movie with Spider Man. Well, she's been in the movie. She has been Black Cat, but she has been in a movie. Well, I would love Black Cat to show up. <laughs> Ron. Whatever. Fucking <laughs> uh, what you call it? Um, I know this isn't her name. Who would you cast? I, I would. I would keep Felicity Jones. Screw it. I love Felicity Jones. <laughs> Wasn't um no, she played Gwen Stacy in the Raimi verse. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Who where was, was Felicity? Say, what movie was Felicity Jones in? Felicity Jones was in the Amazing Amazing Spider Man too. She literally only had like two minutes of screen time. But yeah, her character her character's name was Felicia Hardy. And she was like um the the Green Goblin's like assistant. Oh. Or, like, dirt in Oscorp. And it's, like, oh. just really, really weird. Well, I'm sick of a black cat. <laughs> Sorry, Felicity Jones. <laughs> well, we might get some of these villains in the supposed Sinister Six movie that's happening. Morbius is supposed to come out end of this year, if that's going to happen. So maybe next year. Played by um, Jared Leto, who plays Morbius Living Vampire. And in that trailer, Michael Keaton makes a cameo, supposedly reprising his role as the Vulture. I was going to say the Joker, but it's the Vulture. So, we may get some kind of crossover between the Sony-verse and the MCU, and get a rogues gallery of villains to play the Sinister Six. Maybe they'll finally achieve the dream, which is been going on for spider-man movies ever since it started to get a goddamn sinister six movie done <laughs> but then what are they going to do after that because that's all they've been trying to do uh if that's if that's your end goal and you catch it then what are you going to the do? clone saga is that the one where spider-man has like six arms and it's like a spider no <laughs> 
It's a callback. It's a callback, baby. It's a callback. It's a callback. So that about wraps up Spider-Man. My favorite, probably comic book character. He's 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 S tier for me. Yeah, I guess he'd be in my top tier too. Ooh, I'm gonna make a tier list for the for the gram. Ooh, ooh, that'd be cool. By the way, Pop Culture Federation is now on Instagram. Instagram, what's that? It is a Facebook shell company used to <laughs> take people's pictures and sell them to other people for used in those frames that you buy at the dollar store. So if you ever wonder where those pictures came from. So so while you're at it, join Instagram and follow us. At pop underscore culture underscore fed. Glaring endorsement, Mike. I have to give it up. You can also find us on Twitter at popculturefed and let us know your thoughts, what your favorite Spider-Man movie is, or which Spider-Man trilogy, almost trilogy, is. Or just how your day was. Because we all care. And leave us. Right, guys? We care about it. And on our Instagram, comment yes or no if you would give Spider-Man the upside-down Spider-Man kiss. Just say yes or no. You don't need to say anything else. We'll know what it's in reference to. (laughs) I will post, when this episode goes up, I will post a picture of that. And then you can just play. Yes or no. Yes or no. Simply yes or no. Also check Ron out at Panels of Frames on YouTube. As of this recording, there will be two episodes up. Our episode about the very, very short-lived character Spy Smasher finally went up. He smashes a lot of spies. And things blow up. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm enthralled. Yeah, no, and the main hero is a very very handsome man. So, uh, just one quick spoiler alert: our next uh, series that we're going to cover isn't going to be until closer to the end of the year, but it is the X Men film series. <gasps> Say it. <laughs> Bye, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I stopped.